0: This ABA Journal podcast is brought to you by Westlaw Next, building on the strengths of Westlaw to bring you the next evolution of legal research. Their most significant innovation in 30 years, it's a complete research system that gives you confidence you've found the most relevant information. And it elevates productivity with intuitive workflow tools. Learn more at westlawnext.com.
1: People who have law degrees say they have no regrets, but really, how many practicing lawyers do you know who love going to work every day? I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward, and here at the ABA Journal, we decided to search a few out and talk to them about the hows and whys of what it is they love about what they do.
2: I think the problem that many people have is that they've picked the wrong job. You know, years ago, I did a lot of legal work for Ross Perot, and I remember him saying that um, many people, most people, uh, he found, live lives of quiet desperation. And I think that's because they have uh, subjected themselves to careers that they were not cut out for or that they took for reasons other than their passion, and and, uh, that's unfortunate. And it's a great, great gift to uh, spend your life doing something you can actually get paid for that you enjoy doing.
1: Evan Chesler is a working-class kid from the Bronx. He's the first person in his family to go to college, and he never imagined he'd be leading Travaft, Swain & Moore, a top that the farm Wall Street law firm that global corporations go to when they're facing significant litigation.
2: I remember my, my mother uh, thinking that I should, um, that I should uh, get a civil service job because during the Depression, people who worked for the government were the only people who could reliably expect a paycheck every week and she thought it was very important to have that kind of stability. So, I mean, you know, their, their expectations were colored by their own experience, and I knew that those weren't my expectations, but I didn't think that I was at a place in the world from which I could, I could launch a trajectory that would uh, take me to where I ended up.
1: When he was 13, Evan Chesler knew he wanted to be a lawyer. His inspiration came from Democracy in America— the 1800s book about the country's life, politics, and morals. Paul Kiesel, a Los Angeles lawyer, has had similar successes as Chesler, but on the plaintiff's side. His law firm, Kiesel, Boucher & Larson, served as liaison counsel for the hundreds of individuals who brought abuse claims against the Los Angeles County Archdiocese. In 2007, the case settled for $660 million. Kiesel was eight years old when he picked his career. A family friend was a trial lawyer, and when he came to their house in Springfield, New Jersey, where Kiesel's dad ran a successful advertising firm, the man told wonderful stories about his cases. But unlike a lot of people who knew his children they wanted to be lawyers, school was not Kiesel's forte. I,
3: I had a very difficult time really sitting down and and focusing on the academic needs that you have as a student. And that, by the way, um, moved all the way through to uh, college. Went through my college career, did okay, but not great. I mean, I probably had like a B uh, average. And all of a sudden, it was my senior year, and I was applying to law schools. And I applied to Northwestern, and I applied to Yale, and I applied to Columbia, because I knew, Stephanie, that they would look at my portfolio and say, now here's someone who really can be a fantastic lawyer, who can really make a difference in the community because of his involvement externally. And so what I didn't appreciate is that they would take my, my, my grades and they'd take my LSAT score, which I fortunately don't remember or I've blocked, and they indexed it. And I don't think I made it off the bottom of the pile. So all of a sudden, it's now May of my senior year. And I've been waitlisted at a couple of, of law schools, but I have been accepted nowhere in America. I'm not in law school.
1: Then a friend mentioned Whittier Law School, a fourth tier school in Orange County, California. Kiesel at that time had never been west of Pennsylvania, but it was an ABA created law school, and he was open to the idea. He called the school, got through to the dean on the phone, and was accepted on the spot.
3: When I went to law school, Most of my life I had lived with the generalized statement that Paul is not living up to our expectation of of what he's capable of doing. He's doing okay work, but he's not living up to his expectations. And so when I got to law school, I decided that I would actually put myself on the line and see for the first time I would do nothing. I would abandon every single enterprise. Short of being the best law student I could be, I would do nothing else but ingrain myself in the, in the study and the successful um, education of law because that's what I said I always wanted to do. And so I did that when I got to Whittier Law School. And, and at the end of the first year, I was in the very top of the class. I was maybe, you know, number four or five out of, of a class of 175 students.
1: Today… He says that he still loves his work as much as he did when he started, more than 25 years ago.
3: What I always say is this. So long as I'm having a good time and so long as what I'm doing is fun and life-enhancing, I'm going to continue to do it. Our partnership agreement at Kesa Boucher & Larson says that retirement age is 100, okay? My goal is one of three things. Either when it stops being fun, I'm going to stop doing it. When I hit a hundred, I'll stop doing it. Or when I become the old creepy guy, and I need someone to kind of tap me on the shoulder and say you're kind of old and creepy and you gotta stop coming in here. For cynics, it would be
1: easy to say that Chesler and Kiesel love the law because it has made them very rich men. Not surprisingly, both deny that. But true happiness of lawyers isn't about money. Say Nancy Levitt and Doug Linder. Two University of Missouri law professors who have spent the last few months studying happiness in the profession, their findings are in a book titled The Happy Lawyer, Making a Good Life in the Law. It was published in 2010.
0: The lawyers who are happy lawyers, for the most part, are ones who uh, pay attention to the law, that they, they pay attention uh, to their work, that they respect the traditions of of the law that they see themselves as doing work of value that that it, that it, that that there's something in law that that really um, s- still motivates them you know whether it's the puzzle solving or it's the relationships or um, the feeling that they're contributing to society, there has to be something there that that holds their attention and if they don't have that attention if they they're bored with what they're doing, if it's just p- passing time,
1: they're going to be unhappy lawyers. Whose work directly involves outcomes," says Professor Laffitt, tend to be happier than those whose work doesn't. A really interesting study about people in nursing homes, and they're asked to take care of a plant. It's your job to water the plant. Controlling for other variables, those people who were put in charge of a plant for several months had half the death rate of those who weren't asked to tend a plant. And researchers have extrapolated on this, and they have concluded that people like their work when they have the sense that what they do matters, that mattering matters. So one of the things we learned from our inquiries is that if anybody offers you a job where no one's fortunes, no one's well-being, depend in any way on what you do, don't take the job. You're not going to be happy because mattering is so important.
0: One final surprise, I guess, is we found that that graduates of fourth tier law schools tend to be happier than graduates of the top tier law schools. Um, in Part, I think, because of the unrealistic expectations that people have coming out of the top national law schools. They've worked hard. They've, you know, climbed to the top of the ladder. They've succeeded at everything they've done, and they expect they're going to succeed in the happiness game. But that doesn't seem to translate. That. <laughs> that uh, maybe the lawyers who are just sort of happy to be lawyers, they barely made it, you know, the first lawyers of their family or whatever, those, those people tend to, to, to value what they've gotten a little bit more than, than people who have come out of the top law schools.
1: Edwin Johnson III graduated from Cooley Law School in 2009 when he was 52 years old. He got the degree after 30 years of stopping and starting various college programs.
4: Over the years, I I uh, got remarried, and my wife kept kept asking me, because I was always active on the fringes of the law, on the margins, why don't you go to law school? Why don't you go to law school? And uh, I said, because I'm too old, and I haven't even finished undergrad. We were coming back from a trip uh, to Atlanta, and a uh, plane was packed, uh, there was a... An older woman, older than me, sitting uh, at a window seat, an older black lady, and she was reading a big legal text. And I asked her if she was an attorney, and she said no, she wasn't, uh, that she had, in fact, uh, just graduated from law school, and she was studying for the bar, and she was 68 years old. And uh, she told me, young man, if you tell me I'm too old, I'll slap the taste of your mouth, I said I said." No, you're not too old. You are an inspiration. The following Monday, I uh, registered at the local community college and uh, became real serious about it and finally completed.
1: Johnson lives in Cass County, Michigan, which round trip is almost 200 miles from Cooley's Grand Rapids campus. His plan was to make the trip four days a week, year-round, so he could graduate in two years. A few days before classes started, Johnson had a heart attack.
4: I can remember the doctor telling me uh, when I said I I start law school in uh, seven days, he said, no, you don't. I said, no, you don't get it. (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh, I don't get do-overs at this age.
1: Johnson made a plan that his wife would drive him to classes while he got better. A few weeks into his first term, their car hit some black ice and slid into a ditch. A few months later, he suffered a seizure.
4: It just seemed like uh, hurdles just kept getting thrown in front of me. Uh, to see if I was tough enough to get around them, or over them, or under them, or whatever.
1: Johnson made it through law school in under three years, and he passed the exam portion of the Michigan Bar. His admittance was held up by the character and fitness portion of the exam, because he had delinquent bills stemming from all of his medical problems in law school. But eventually, he was admitted to practice law in October of 2010. He started his own criminal defense practice in Cassopolis, a rural town in southwestern Michigan.
4: I tell my clients that uh, they can count on uh, absolutely three things from me. Number one, I will not abandon them. Number two, I will not lie to them. And number three, if I tell them I'm going to do something, I do it.
1: Clients came in as soon as he opened for business. Not all of them are paying clients. When you talk to Johnson about that, you get the sense that it makes him feel even better about his work.
4: I love court. I love arguing. Uh, I love trying to find that little niche, uh, that little nugget, that little kernel.
1: He'll tell you, somewhat proudly, that after three months in practice, he's already angered some judge and other lawyers in Cass County.
4: The the thing that uh, I've had two things that said said to me that uh, I am have been very proud of over the past three months. I had a caseworker at DHS tell me that I was loud and unprofessional in a letter, and we framed it. And uh, people typically say when they first meet me that I don't look like a lawyer.
1: (laughs) To a certain extent on paper, Edwin Johnson may not seem like someone who'd be a very happy lawyer. He's a fairly recent heart attack victim. He graduated from law school in one of the worst years ever to find a job. And he doesn't have a full roster of paying clients. But obviously, Edwin Johnson is a pretty happy guy, and he draws a fair amount of joy from his legal work, much like Evan Chesler and Paul Kiesel. So if you're a lawyer having a hard time finding your happiness, think about these three guys, and maybe they'll cheer you up a bit.
0: This ABA Journal podcast was brought to you by Westlaw Next, building on the strengths of Westlaw to bring you the next evolution of legal research. Their most significant innovation in 30 years, it's a complete research system that gives you confidence you've found the most relevant information. And it elevates productivity with
1: intuitive workflow tools. Learn more at westlawnext.com.